Welcome into this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Masugin here with you guys. Midway through the week. Four weeks of the NFL season in the books. Yes, uh, four weeks of the season in. Uh, I just remember, <laughs> felt like yesterday I was waiting for the season to start. I remember, uh, I, I guess they call it week zero for college football. I remember watching that and just saying, man, I wish the NFL season started now on Memorial or Labor Day weekend, rather. I always get those two holidays mixed up. Uh, but no, uh, that's wait a week longer. And now here we are, of course, uh, already four weeks into the season. Some of my reactions four weeks into the NFL season. Obviously, the biggest story that dominated week three slash week four, the whole situation with Tua Tagovailoa. I'll talk about that. Also... Big 12 got very interesting. Kansas ranked for the first time since 2009. And Oklahoma, what in the hell is happening in Oklahoma? They're no longer in the top 25. So we'll talk about that and much more here on this episode of Farzcast. You guys know the social media, facebook.com slash Vesugian. That is the Facebook page. Give it a follow and spread the word. We just we surpassed 40,000 followers recently. We're closing in on 41K. And uh, as I promised at 40K, we uh, just did a jersey giveaway on Instagram and Twitter. Now, we're going to do one on Facebook. I will get to that in just a moment. Um, Twitter, at Farzine21. Instagram, Farzine Vesugian. Uh, I have all the links in the description below because I don't expect any of you guys to know how to spell any of that uh, or even take the time to copy and paste it. So I'll just have a direct link to all of that below in the description for the podcast. Uh, Okay, real quickly on the uh, Jersey giveaway for Facebook. Uh, You guys know, if you guys remember, we did a hat giveaway on Facebook. Uh, A lot of the giveaways I've been doing have been on Instagram and Twitter because of very, very, very strict rules on Facebook. I don't ask why. Um, I can't. I don't. I, I don't get it honestly. Um, but all I can tell you is there is a way around it with some of those things. So we will do a jersey giveaway, a Patrick Mahomes jersey giveaway on Facebook Saturday night, eight o'clock Central Time. If you don't know what time zone you're in, or what time is it in your time zone when it's eight o'clock Central Time, or if you don't know what time zone you're in, Google it. Uh, because I don't want anyone missing out. A lot of people have been asking for a Facebook giveaway. Well, we're, here it is. It's going to be a rare occasion because we don't do Facebook giveaways often. But we are doing one now. So make sure you are following me on Facebook. And make sure you are tuning in live Saturday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. All right. Put a reminder on your phone, whatever you got to do. Basically, we're going to be doing a live stream, and all you have to do at some point during the live stream, preferably as soon as you start watching, just hit the like button, and we will randomly pick one person that hit the like button, and that person will win. Just like that. That's all you got to do. That's really all we can do with these Facebook giveaways. Um... Because Facebook doesn't do... They're strict. I, I, I just don't know what else to really say about them. And I don't want to spend enough time... I, I've already spent enough time complaining about it. Don't need to spend more time on it. So, with that said, let's get into... 
Some football talk. Obviously, the biggest story this week, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, doing a pretty damn good job this season. A lot of people question how he'd do, and I know uh, he had some. He caught some criticism with a pass to Tyreek Hill that was underthrown, and Tyreek Hill had to break stride to uh, adjust and catch the pass. But that's not the story. Uh, with Tua, he still put up big numbers, but th- that's obviously not the story. At least not this week with Tua, uh, as much as that was discussed. Everyone knows what's going on. Uh, it's not just being talked about in the uh, sports media; it's being talked about in the mainstream media as well. It's all over Fox News, CBS, CNN, NBC. All those stations are covering the story, and rightfully so, because this is something we've never seen before. Um, let me just first off say. That moment when his fingers just lock up the way they did, uh, that was a really fucking scary moment. Uh, that was I I was I, I I was speechless. I had no idea what to think other than please be okay. Uh, very scary moment. Uh, he ended up he he's all right. He ended up traveling back with the team, and <laughs> Mike McDaniel. Uh, had made kind of a lighthearted comment about the whole situation. They were watching some movie. I don't remember what the reference was, uh, what movie he was mentioning, but uh seems like Tua is doing good on that front, uh, life-wise. Football-wise, uh, he they've already ruled him out for, uh, for this week. But why in the hell was he allowed to play on such a short week. And he even came back to the game. In week three. There is a lot of. There, there's some shady shit going on here. Uh, as you guys know. The NFL and the NFLPA announced that they have fired the independent doctor. That cleared Tua to play. And I think that's where I kind of want to go to. Because look. I understand this is an independent doctor. But, I mean, there are tie-ins, okay? I, I, I mean, you, you really just believe, oh, this guy's a doctor. He's just doing his job. Come on. Um, I'm sure there was some sort of connection to the team and some sort of obligation to say, look, if he f- feels okay and if he's up for going back to the field, then, yeah, wink, wink. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's clear him. Let's let him get back to the field. I'm just speculating, but let's not act like that kind of thing doesn't go on. Listen, man, head injuries, you got to be very careful with uh, with players. And and look, I don't know. They're saying that he was not in the concussion protocol the first time. Okay. Look, I'm not a doctor. I wasn't there. I didn't uh, evaluate Tua. I'm not going to pretend like I know shit. But we do have common sense, right? It doesn't take a medical degree. It doesn't take being a doctor to know um, some shady shit went down. And if you really are naive to believe that the doctors, you know, tested him and cleared him and believe he passed with flying colors, well, then I got a house with a beach view in uh, Overland Park, Kansas to sell to you. I mean, I don't know. What do you even say at that point? Do you really believe every single thing a player says 
when talking to the media. Do you believe in every single comment a coach makes? No. Uh, as fans, sometimes you can just tell when they're bullshitting. Um, especially when they're asked certain tough questions. Uh Look, I don't know who's at fault here. A lot of people are throwing the Miami Dolphins coaching staff under the bus, and specifically Mike McDaniel. I don't really know what you could really hold them accountable for, and even further, what could you prove that they did to where they put Tua in this situation? I mean, a lot of times, these coaches listen to the doctors. If the doctors say, hey, so-and-so is ready to go. Well, then you, you roll with them. You obviously keep an eye on them and practice, see how they're doing. And they don't re-injure whatever they're dealing with. Or in this case, a head injury, nothing comes back. You continue with it. So I don't know what happened in practice to where Tua looked good leading up to Thursday night football against the Bengals where the Dolphins dropped their first game of the year, but there's some shady shit that went down. I don't know exactly what you could hold Mike McDaniel and his staff accountable for, or how do you even prove that? I'm not sure. Uh, But there are a lot of people questioning the coaching staff, the medical staff, um, even the NFL. By the way, I said this last... Excuse me, I said this last week, okay? I said that Roger Goodell, he needs to do media once a week. He requires everyone to, to be present and do media at least once a week. But for whatever reason, he he does not have to do any of that. Because as of right now, I don't, want, I don't care about Mike McDaniel. I don't care to hear from him. I don't care to hear from a doctor. I don't care to hear from Tua. I don't care to hear from the uh, front office, uh, any front office member of the uh, of the of the Dolphins. The only person I want to hear from right now is the commish, Roger Goodell. He should have to answer for a lot of these things right now because he's the head guy. I mean, he's the commissioner. Why is it that shady shit like this is going on on an NFL team? Why is it? That we have this weird penalty with Chris Jones and we don't even know what was said. And we can't get clarification from the league. The, the, the guy runs a league, essentially. He only he very rarely does interviews. He very rarely makes himself available to the media. So... What are we as fans, passionate fans? I mean, let's not, let's not, let's just be honest. People love the NFL. It's a huge deal to a lot of people. But we can't even get an answer. Even though so much money is being invested into uh, these games, merchandise, tickets, the, the TV deals, the commissioner, for whatever reason, who's making a shit ton of money, does not have the time or does not want to take the time to do media. I, listen, I don't think it's that hard in 2022 to sponsor a press conference. I mean, if you really want some extra cash, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Doritos is, is willing to do something. Maybe Best Buy or uh, 
McDonald's. I mean, come on. I don't think it's that difficult. If you if if you want to make it worth your time, I don't think it's that difficult to get it sponsored. So I don't know why Roger Goodell is not willing to talk to anybody. Everyone else is having to face the cameras and microphones and the reporters. Everyone else is, but not you. Not you. Funny how that works. All right, let's look at some of the uh, activity from uh, week four of the NFL. I mean, I'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs because why not? How about those Kansas City Chiefs, by the way? Remember when everyone talked about how the Chiefs were going to struggle without Tyreek Hill? And more specifically, Patrick Mahomes was going to get figured out and he was going to have a disaster year and the Chiefs window was going to close and that the Chiefs were pretty much doomed. Pretty much the Chiefs were fucked. Remember that? The Chiefs were fucked. The Raiders were going... I mean, they're set to be this amazing football team because... uh, they got Devontae Adams, and, and as, as a result, that also forced Tyree Kill essentially out of the AFC West, and the Chargers have done this great job of rebuilding this offseason. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Chiefs are the only team above 500 in the AFC West right now. Chargers are 2-2. Two and two, Broncos are 2-2. Two and two. The Raiders just beat the Broncos to get their first win of the year. Congratulations. About fucking time. All of Raider Nation came on my Facebook page telling me about how amazing their football team was going to be. And that Derek Carr was finally going to have his he- his year. Yep. Yeah, I see it. 1-3. One 1-3 and three. One and three record on the season. They've allowed 100 points and they've scored just 96. I mean, look. Denver finally scored. What did Denver score against the Raiders? I don't even remember. Uh, but it was impressive enough. I mean, it was more than what they usually score, um, and they still lost to the Raiders. But still, they lost. Uh, let me let me go back to Kansas City because this whole talk about Tyreek Hill leaving and the Chiefs are gonna suck forever and ever and ever because Tyreek Hill essentially holds the key to this franchise's success, apparently. Patrick Mahomes has won Player of the Week honors not once, but twice. And in both of those games, the Chiefs put up 40 points on the road. They put up 40-plus points against the Cardinals, and they put up 40-plus points against the Buccaneers. A very good Buccaneers defense that's played very well, great in fact, in the first three games of the season. And then they faced this Chiefs offense that a lot of people were certain that the Chiefs were going to struggle against, including me. I, I, I Listen, I, I still had the Chiefs winning. I just thought it would be a low-scoring game. But the Chiefs went out there and just completely dominated the Bucks' defense. It wasn't even close. Uh, Chiefs won by 10 points, but I don't think that's indicative as how close the game really was. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs, they were up by three possessions in the second half at one point, so... Uh, got a little complacent, but not too much to where it led to uh, certain events in the past, like the AFC Championship game. But you get the idea. The Chiefs put away the Buccaneers. It was over. Uh, there was even a point on third and forever where Tom Brady just threw a short pass to uh, to LeGarrette, uh, Leonard Fournette. Not LeGarrette Blount. LeGarrette Blount's the guy who got into a, a fight at a youth football game. Imagine that. Another former player starting fights at youth football games. But no need to get into that. Uh, but... Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, 
threw a pass to him or maybe someone, someone who I, I don't remember who it was. But on a third and forever play, they go short and the Bucks fans are booing. And that was essentially the Bucks giving up. That's when you knew the Chiefs won that football game. The Chiefs offense has been just fine. Is it different without Tyreek Hill? Yeah, it is different. Are they struggling? There are some growing pains with the wide receivers, but they stepped up in this game. 100%. The Chiefs are in the top five in the NFL in total offense and in scoring. I was told that this team, this offense was going to suck without Tyreek Hill. But they're top five in those two categories. Now, what happened in Indianapolis? I mean, that was a shit show. Um, That is still very confusing to this point, especially with how poorly the Colts played uh, against the Titans and how well the Chiefs looked against the Bucs. But listen, shit happens. At the end of the day, the Chiefs pulled up uh, with a win. A big, big win. They're closing the gap on the uh, betting favorites uh, with uh, with Buffalo. Buffalo is right now the number one team to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City right behind Buffalo. Um, look, I, I just think at the end of the day, a lot of people forget. Yeah, Super Bowl 55 was a really shitty game for the Chiefs. Guess what? The Chiefs did something about it. They re- reconstructed that offensive line in one offseason. Now, it hasn't been perfect. Orlando Brown's had a rough go at it, for sure. But did you see Mahomes, not just Sunday night, just since Super Bowl 55, have you seen how well Mahomes has been after that 3-4 and four start last year with this offensive line? I mean, he's been able to go out there and just ball out. Simple as that. As long as he has an offensive line, he can go out there and win with just about anybody. Now, I would prefer he's not without Travis Kelsey anytime soon, but did you see his backup tight ends? Noah Gray came in on a trick play and scored. Wasn't a touchdown catch, but still scored. Jody Fortson caught a touchdown pass. Travis Kelsey's backups, backups, plural people, plural, two backup tight ends scored for the Chiefs on Sunday night. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he also had a rough go at it uh, last week against the Colts. He shined. Isaiah Pacheco is running like a grown-ass man who's been in the league for 10 years. MVS stepped up. Juju stepped up. Sky Moore got involved a little bit. I said this before the season. The Chiefs haters who talked all that shit about Mahomes and they ran their mouth about how terrible he was going to be and that they were ready to troll his brother and wife because that's the kind of shithead, miserable shitheads you guys are because you have nothing better to do other than have tweets ready to troll a player's family. I said those people would be in for a very rude awakening. And here they are right now. I heard it the first week. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's the Cardinals. Anyone can score against the Cardinals. Really? Tell that to Derek Carr and the Raiders the following week who choked against the Cardinals in overtime. They were on their way to winning the game. And they choked. 
Now, they came out of the woodwork for, for that Colts game, but boy, they got quiet real quick quickly after that. Here's my point. Can we stop doubting Patrick Mahomes? Because I heard it since day one of his career when he started uh, playing games for the Chiefs. Oh, he'll get figured out. He'll get figured out. Defenses are going to figure him out after a few games. He's going to go back to being an average quarterback. He's not going to be that good. He's overrated. Tyree Kill's helping him. None of that stuff's aging well. None of that stuff's aging well. So for people who want to bash the Chiefs, well, man... Hope you guys are religious, because you better start praying for some some miracle upsets, because the Chiefs don't appear to be going away anytime soon. They're the second highest scoring team in the NFL without Tyreek Hill, who a lot of people said his departure was going to have this massive negative impact on the team. Nope, not seeing it, not seeing it at all. Uh, I'll tell you one team that should be 4-0, the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens absolutely should be 4-0 right now, but they choked not once, but twice. First to the Miami Dolphins, and then to the Buffalo Bills. What the hell was John Harbaugh doing in the second half? What in the hell were you doing? Your offense had struggled all game long. And when you're finally in the red zone on fourth and goal, you go for it. Why? His explanation made no sense. I didn't even get it. So essentially what he was saying was he doesn't trust his defense. He'd rather lose by... He'd rather lose the game in overtime than lose by four? In regulation, it just made no sense. It made zero sense whatsoever. Take the points. And I remember when the Bills were getting closer to the end zone, some Ravens fans were saying, well, let them score so we can get the ball. Why? Baltimore has struggled all of the second half. Why are they going to all of a sudden score in the last minute of the game? They're not. I mean, at that point, if you're a Ravens fan, you just pray uh, for a missed field goal because your offense isn't going to do shit. They couldn't do anything in the second half. Yeah, they did move it close to the end zone, but your idiotic coach decided to go for it rather than take the points. Uh, it was just a weird game. Uh, I've Listen, there have been coaching gaffes out there, but this one takes the cake. Uh, that was bad. And the explanation was even worse. So, Listen, the Ravens are a good football team. I've always liked Lamar Jackson. I I mean, look, I I know he has some limitations. I don't disagree with that. But he's found a way to win many games. So I think a lot of people just tend to doubt Lamar Jackson. Um, I know this year, you know, with everything going on, not looking good for him, but Hey, look, I'd still rather be on his team than not because the guys won a lot of games, whether you like it or not. You know who else a lot of people have been doubting and he's managed to do just fine this year? 
That would be Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people talked to, again, the whole Devontae Adams thing. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, the Raiders got Devontae Adams. They're one and three. The Packers lost Devontae Adams, and they're three and one. Had a really tough loss in week one against the Vikings, but have looked great since then. I know Aaron Rodgers may not be this sharp, dominant quarterback so far this year. His numbers aren't as high as they usually are. Um, he's w- way behind in the top 10 in total passing yards. Uh, let's see. I think he's barely in the top 10 in, um, in touchdown passes. So it's not the Aaron Rodgers type of season for him. Uh, they've been involved in some low scoring games. They, they I mean, they almost suffered an upset defeat, uh, against the Patriots who were playing, uh, with backups. So I, uh, backups under center that is, uh, but Hey, they found a way to win Aaron Rodgers. And listen, I know a lot of people like to shit on the guy. Oh, he doesn't talk to his family. He's a douche. Okay. I don't, I really don't care about any of that. The guy's a fantastic quarterback. Maybe has the greatest skill set of any quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, But at the end of the day, he's finding ways to win. And if it wasn't for that gaffe against Minnesota, the way the Packers just laid a egg in that one, the Packers are probably going to be leading that division with a 4-0 record, and the Vikings would be 2-2. Now, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, I don't like to get into those hypotheticals too much, but the Packers are going to be just fine, man. Um, they're going to be just fine. Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. So stop doubting the guy. Uh, let's stick with the NFC North because there's a very interesting team there in the Detroit Lions who have an amazing offense. Uh, Jared Goff probably having one of the better seasons we've seen from him in a while. Uh, maybe, I mean, you would have to go back to his days with the Rams to remember a time when he was this good. Um, he's having a great season. He's second in the NFL in passing yards. He is tied, uh, or uh, what is he? Uh, I can't seem to, oh, he leads, uh, he co-leads the, I'm sorry. He does co-lead the NFL in touchdown passes, uh, along with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes with 11. Jared Goff in this Lions offense doing far more than a lot of us expected. The problem is it's that defense. And there are a lot of comparisons to uh, that I've seen out there to the Chiefs uh, team with uh, Dick Vermeil, where the offenses were great and the defenses were bad. And I don't think that's far from the truth. It's really not. Uh, I, I'd argue the biggest difference is um, the Chiefs were fortunate in winning maybe more times than not. Now, not by a whole lot. Yeah, 2003 they had the double-digit wins. 2004 they had a losing season. 05. Um, they had a 10 and six season, 2002. Uh, that was probably the toughest year, uh, for Trent. Green. I can't remember if it was, if it was 02 or 01. I think it was 01 when, uh, Trent Green led the league in interceptions that year. Uh, but yeah, 02, 03, 04, 05. I mean, that stretch right there, really good run, uh, for, for, for Trent Green. 
Uh, and Priest Holmes had some uh, big numbers as well, as did Larry Johnson. So, yeah, that those um, uh, this Detroit Lions team certainly has a lot of, uh, in common with the uh, Chiefs team when Vermeil was the head coach. Uh, how do you fix this? I, I mean, look, your offense is doing what they need to do. I know players will never throw teammates under the bus. I mean, if... Um, well, if your defense allows 45, well, then we got to find a way and score 48. I mean, I, okay, I can respect that. I remember um, I was interviewing a KU player. Uh, uh, this was uh, when Charlie Weiss was the head coach in 2012, and uh, KU held TCU, a very good TCU football team that year, to 20 points. Um, and I asked uh, one of the defensive players, uh, one of the captains on the team, he actually was with the Chiefs for a little bit, Tobin Apurum. Uh, he converted from defense to running back. Uh, but I asked him, I said, is there anything else this defense could have done? He said, look, if our uh, if our offense can only score six, then we need to find a way and, and hold the opposing team to three. Which, you know, when I heard that, I, I thought, okay, look, uh, he, he's obviously not going to throw his teammates under the bus. That's what a captain does. Uh, says, hey, look, if we, we're dealing with certain limitations, then we got to find a way to adjust. Understandable. That's leadership there. At the end of the day, though, is there really anything that this – Lions offense could be doing better. No, I mean you're 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 leading the NFL in scoring, and not just leading the NFL in scoring by a significant margin. I mean there's a significant gap between the Chiefs and the Lions. The Lions have 18 touchdowns on the season. Chiefs have 16. Uh, Ravens have 15. Eagles, the only undefeated team in the NFL, they have 15. So this is a team that's really done well, and they've gone for two two-point conversions, or maybe they've gone for more, but have gotten a couple of those as well. Um, the Cardinals have gone for uh, have succeeded three times. I don't know how many times they've gone for it. I just looked at that list here. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Lions. Uh, they're a very interesting team to me. I think this is a team that absolutely not just can win or win the division, make the playoffs. They've they've got championship uh, type talent. The problem is they don't have a balance. Okay, the same thing could have been said about the Chiefs when Dick Vermeil was in Kansas City, but there was no balance with that football team, and that's why not only did they not go to a championship, they could not win a playoff game. Unfortunately, they only went to the playoffs once. Uh, in the Dick Vermeule era. Yes, yeah, sure, maybe should have happened one more time in 2005, but you barely missed out on that one despite winning double-digit games. I know that's not something that happened uh, often. Now that you have a seventh team from each conference, it, it's damn near impossible to win double-digit games and miss the playoffs uh, nowadays. But um, sometimes that just happens. Uh, you, look, the Lions have got to find a way to fix their defense. I don't know what the fix is, but it, 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 it's got to be there. I, I mean, I don't think it's that difficult to find out. Um, I, I think the only way the offense could help out, and, and I'll be, be honest, I have not watched the Lions snap for snap, but uh, if there are any situations where you have one play touchdown drives, well, that's great and all, that's impressive, but that could be detrimental to the defense because that means the defense has to come right back out pretty quickly. Look at the Chiefs-Bucks game on Sunday Night Football. 
Part of the reason why the Chiefs did so well is because they dominated the time of possession stat. And when the defense is forced to be on the field for that long, that really hurts them. I mean, that I think, uh, I mean, all the pain in the world you can give your defense, that's it right there. Staying on the field as long as possible. And by the way, someone argued with me on this once before and said, well, I don't buy that because the offense is on the field as much as the defense. Okay, folks. Basic football stuff here. Time of possession. Yeah, sure. Patrick Mahomes might be on the field just as much as Shaq Barrett, for for instance. But time of possession, I mean, if there's like a... If one team is dominating that stat, time of possession benefits the offense way more than the defense. Because the defense, you don't know what play's coming. You don't know what route someone's going to run. You don't know exactly where a player's going to go. It's hard to play defense in the sport of football, especially in the NFL. you got to be ready for everything. Um, And that night, in particular, uh, Kansas City, they dominated, and they didn't have one-play drives like they did a few times with Tyreek Hill. Um their offenses, I mean, it, it's it's one of those situations where, yeah, I mean, they had significantly long drives, long scoring drives. That helps your defense. Catch a breather, all that stuff. I don't know. Like, like I said, I have not watched the, the uh, Lions, but I would guess that could be a way. I mean, there's a way to manage that kind of thing. You don't have to be a genius to know that. Now, you might need to be a coaching expert to know how to manage that. But it is manageable, for sure. But the Lions, man, 100% should be a team uh, with more than one win on the season. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, here's the last team I will uh, talk about. Because I haven't talked about them too much this year. And, I, and I've been pretty high on this team. Uh, because I've got a lot of uh, respect for their coach. I know controversies in the past and whatnot. But I'm going to say the Patriots. They're 1-3 right now. Let's not write off the Patriots yet. The Patriots got off to a very similar start last year where they got off to a very, very slow start. And they picked it up. And at one point, going into the month of December, people called the Patriots as the team that looked like the most complete team in the NFL. Now, that didn't pan out that way. They dropped uh, three of their last four games, if I recall correctly. And they fell out of first place in the AFC. They ended up being a wildcard team and got demolished by the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs where the Bills scored a touchdown, I believe, on every drive and never punted the football. Um, so here's my point. I think I just would not doubt Belichick yet. Now, the whole Mac Jones injury, we'll wait and see how, how long that, uh, that that's going to take place, how long he's going to be out for. But I just don't know if you ever doubt Belichick. Um. Sure, he's without Brady, he's without Gronk, doesn't have a superstar on his team really, but he's still Bill Belichick. Uh, I, I trust that Bill will find a way. It, listen, I thought he did a fantastic job last year. I think last year he should have been the coach of the year. Got off to a terribly slow start and found a way with a rookie quarterback, the guy that's essentially you know filling in for Tom Brady's shoes because Cam Newton didn't do a good job of it, led the... Patriots to the playoffs last year. Uh, if they held on to the number one seed, I think 1,000% Belichick wins the award. So, um, look, I know they're 1-3 right now. They look 
they look bad. They look bad, but I'm not ready to write off the Patriots yet. I know their offense has been very lackluster, but I think, you know, if there's anyone that can turn a season around, I, I, I would put my money on Bill Belichick before anyone else. We'll see what happens there. All right, I do want to talk about the Big 12 as things got very interesting over the weekend. Uh, the last two weeks, Oklahoma has just completely, uh, I mean, they don't look like Oklahoma anymore. All that preseason hype they got, nope, not good. Kansas is now ranked for the first time since 2009. Barely ahead of Kansas State. TCU's number 17. That's going to be a big one this week. College game day in Lawrence. Holy shit. That never happens. It's the first time ever during football season. Uh, so you got number 19 KU versus number 17 TCU. That is going to be fun to watch. And, of course, that's going to be KU's biggest test. A lot of people still doubting KU, saying that they haven't beaten anyone yet. So I suppose this is their uh, their proving ground right here. Got to do it against uh, a team that is ranked. As all the teams they played before, even though they've all been they've been solid at the worst, um, I guess that's not a, enough of a selling point to some people. I'm trying to see is the Duke receive any? What's their situation? I don't know. Yeah, they're not ranked. I'm not seeing them on here. Yeah, I do find it interesting. By the way, remember when a lot of K-State fans were criticizing Martinez a couple weeks ago? That win against Oklahoma really changed a lot of things. Um, the Big 12 is going to be very interesting. I mean, the top dog right now is Oklahoma State. They're number seven. Uh, but you got TCU, KU, K-State creeping up on you. I mean, one loss for Oklahoma State. The entire Big 12 is wide open. Um, maybe it's wide open now. I mean, Okie State is 4-0. KU is 5-0. K-State's 4-1. TCU is 4-0. There isn't that big of a gap between number 1 and 2 in the Big 12 right now. So Oklahoma State's got to watch out because teams like KU and K-State rising right now could be very detrimental to uh, Okie State long term this season because it's going to be a barn burner. In the oh, what a lot of people thought the big uh, the AFC West would be, that's going to be the Big Twelve this year. That's what's going to happen this year. Uh, Lance Leipold was talking to the media, and I know there are a lot of firings. Nebraska has fired their coach. Arizona State fired Herb Edwards. Colorado fired their coach, and Wisconsin just fired their coach. And I believe Lance has some ties to Wisconsin. So he was asked about that situation, that opening. Uh, he said he's extremely happy here and doesn't plan on going anywhere, which music to my ears, 100% music to every KU fan's ears because you finally do have a respectable football team. Uh, we'll see how, how this season ends, but if you continue at this rate, you can really build on this for next season. Now, at the same time, is Leipold saying that just to say that? Because obviously he would not say in the middle of the season, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that Wisconsin job. Oh, I'm 100% thinking about, you know, becoming an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, they don't ever say that stuff during a season. 
Um, so I guess we'll know for sure once the season's over. But for right now, man, KU, I, I, listen, I saw a, a, a bowl projection that had KU against Alabama. Who saw that coming before the season? Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. Uh, real quickly, final thing I want to touch on here. Um, this is a little bit of a personal one for me. Uh, not sports related. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, I'm not going to be silent on this. I think this definitely needs to be talked about. I've talked about this a tiny bit on social media. Uh, but I got to speak up on this. Um, the media took a long time to speak up on this. Uh, it has to do with the death of... 22-year-old Iranian woman, Masi Amini, uh, in a situation where she was seen without her headdress. And according to witnesses, they alleged uh, she died uh, because of police brutality, a skull fracture caused by severe trauma. Yeah. Uh, The protests have been insane. A lot of people are comparing this to the George Floyd Situation, and I can see the comparisons because of the whole police brutality situation, and, and, and with women's rights in that country, there, uh, part of the reason why my my parents, I'm thankful they moved me out of there, and I got to grow up here and not there. Um, it's it's insane, uh, and props to the Iranian people who are stepping up and letting their voice be heard because that's not a country where you can let your voice be heard. Um, they deserve better. 100%. Here's where I am going to criticize though. If you are a woman in the United States or a man, and you have been speaking up on women's rights and you're not saying anything about this, which a lot of you aren't save your women's rights crap to me. Any of your commentary about women's rights has zero value if you're not speaking up on this. You only care about women's rights in your country? Only in your country? So what was it before with all these racist comments when people would make vile comments uh, about the Asian community, more specifically Chinese people, when it came to the virus? I mean, people cared about that. People wanted to defend that, but don't want to say anything about this. Uh, listen, as a country, we could focus on multiple things. That we cannot, we don't have to do one thing at a time. Um, we listen as humans, we multitask, right? How is it that Kamala Harris is the most powerful woman in the world? She holds the second biggest position in the world, and she has not spoke a lick of iota about this subject. Listen. I, I, I gave I wanted to give her an opportunity when she got elected as as uh, vice president, but because she is the first female, I, I thought it was a cool moment. I mean, she's been terrible already, but what politician isn't? Um, uh, I expected more from her. I really did. Uh, how is it that you can be a female vice president in the United States of America and not say a single word about this? Justin Bieber has spoken up for the Iranian people on this. But Kamala Harris can't. If you're one of those people that talked all uh, all that jazz about women's rights and how women need to be protected and you're not saying anything about this, save your women's rights 
stuff to yourself. Because all this is proving is that you were just complaining just to complain. You're not going to do it all around. You're not going to be consistent with your uh, with your stance on this. Only when it applies to your country, I guess. That's when it works. Um, listen, man, I, I, I'm not a fan of the headdresses. I don't think uh, Middle Easterns should have to be forced to have it. I think they should be allowed to be without it in public. I mean, what... You, I know there's a big religious thing behind it, and this is a huge reason why I'm not religious personally. Um, listen, there are a lot of religions out there that have these weird rules that they want you to abide by. I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Um, I am worried about my family. I'll say this. I do have a cousin. She actually teaches English online. Uh, she, she speaks fantastic English, better than I did when I uh, started. But she does uh, teach English online. And it's so difficult for her because they're cutting off the internet and all. It, it's so difficult to get in touch with them. Uh, but there have been people out there fighting for, for the Iranian people, which is great. Which is great. So Something that not a lot of people are talking about, and it totally deserves to uh, to be talked about 100%. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farscast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. Do not forget, we have the Patrick Mahomes jersey giveaway this Saturday night, 8 o'clock Central Time, live. Make sure you're watching the live stream, because if you don't, you can't win. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, at Farzine21 on Twitter, at Farzine Vesugian on Instagram. I'll put all the links in the, in the description. Other than that... Appreciate you guys taking the time to download and listen to the show. Share the links if you enjoyed the podcast. Invite your friends to the Facebook page. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.